0: So we recently threw it back to the 40s and 50s. Now we're like, why don't we throw it back to the 90s? The 1890s. Any 90s kids in the audience? Yeah, only 90s kids are going to vibe with these jams. My great-grandpa was born in 1899. So I guess he was a 90s kid. Yeah, totally. 90s baby, anyway. 90s baby, yeah. He didn't really remember it. I didn't have a chance to ask him because he died in 1993.
1: But he, he, he was probably
0: knotties. a poser. Yeah, dude. The posers were the scourge of like 1910s music. <laughs> yeah. That's what Stravinsky was writing about posers. Yeah. People got so mad at him. And now that stuff's on like the baby Einstein CD. Yeah, and those people who were mad were posers. Not actually very cool at all. Same with like Van Gogh and Picasso and that stuff. That's just that stuff is just lame. You learn about it in school. People were afraid of this. Yeah. When that guy put a urinal in the museum and people were like, oh my God. Actually, that still happens. Now that seems convenient of, oh, a urinal. I don't have to go to the bathroom now. Yeah. Did anyone ever try peeing in that? Like Sometimes how people, as a prank, will poop in the toilet at Home Depot or like pretend they're taking a bath for a video or something. Did anyone ever actually pee in the urinal? I hope so. That would add another layer to it. I do sometimes see the Roman statue guys getting mad at that still, which is so crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. Because it is like, yeah, I mean, it's not like good art, I guess. It doesn't look well, conservative it like it's doing what he intended it to do. You're falling yeah. for the trick. Yeah, you're playing right into his hand. Uh, was it Ted Cruz who was getting mad about Sam Smith dressing up as a devil at the Grammys? <laughs> it's yeah, it's whack, just the old shit to get shit. mad about. Like, Come Sam on, Smith is just not... Sam Smith is redoing the Lil Nas X stuff from years ago. Yeah. Like they're just recycling the edgy tropes that offended people. Anything, like Yeah, it's it's less edgy than like Marilyn Manson or something, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's like Trump era shit. But people still get offended by it no matter what, no matter how lame stuff is. Like that yeah. woman who got offended by the monster energy can. Yeah, like the six 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 stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like, you can see a baby wearing a a Halloween costume of a devil and be like, this is Satan. This is actually Satan working his hands in our world. Yeah, if I saw a baby dressed as a devil, I would faint immediately. I would be so offended. All right, well, let's go back to a time when everyone was scared of the devil. Let's kick it off with the top 30 songs of the 1890s, according to some random guy on YouTube. Yeah, let's hope we can go, like, three before we get, uh... that's some grainy ass shit. Could be about a she horse. She was bred in old Kentucky. In and this shit goes. It might be about a horse. Okay. I saw Kentucky and I thought, uh, my old Kentucky home. That's got. All right. Some this one is questionable the th- lyrics. The Thunderer by the U.S. Marine Band. John Philip Sousa. One of the main sources of jazz harmony in arrangements and stuff. People in New Orleans playing Sousa marches, and more U.S. Marine band here. The Washington yeah, as lame, Post as lame March. as it is, it's like a very important vein in music. Yeah, totally. Because those were the only kind of bands they really had back then. The Washington Post March, you know, long before it went too woke. Democracy dies in darkness. damn, dude. This is a thousand times worse than any cell phone recording. Imagine being an adult and doing this song. I guess at one point an adult had to record it, but I don't think I've ever heard that and it wasn't being done by like a an eighth grade class. <laughs> yeah. Wow, this, the recording quality of this is much better than those. Heart that is true I know is the sunshine of Someone did some equalizing Yeah Noise reduction Sousa's band right here El Capitan March That's one of those mountains in California, right? Because I know it's a Mac OS version Oh, uh, good call So yeah. it would have to be Yeah To really record a march, Dan Quinn. <laughs> the song's called A Hot Time in the Old Town. It doesn't sound so hot, though. It's called Stevia Cures Leprosy. Yeah. <laughs> William McKinley needs to listen to this. <laughs> Stevia cures leprosy and it can save the world. <laughs> this feels like some European shit right here. America hadn't developed enough of an identity yet. Yeah, all that late 1800s, like, Strauss-Waltz-type stuff reminds me of the Grand Budapest Hotel. Yeah, just feels like people rearranging deck chairs in the Titanic before World War I. This is the second one we've heard from George J. Gaskin. The Fatal Wedding. More of the U.S. Marine Band. Man, there was like two bands in the 1890s, you know? Yeah. The Liberty Bell March. Every fucking march is just named for some dumb patriotic crap. I guess people might have had record players back then. I don't know how common it was. I wonder. I know there is one in Red Dead Redemption 2 in 1899. Yeah. But I I think it's supposed to be like a, a rare thing. Oh my God! This is another Dan Quinn song. It's called "Daddy Wouldn't Buy Me a Bow Wow." Like you had to be in a Newport mansion or something. I think you must have be like a Rockefeller or some crap to get a record player in the 1890s. And you get to hear this. I wonder if it sounded good when it came out. Like when they first pressed the record. Maybe, yeah, I don't know. The problem with the 78s is the needles are so heavy. Yeah, they just destroy them. Yeah, these George Gaskin ones are the only ones that have been, like, restored so far. This shit blows, man. I hear four guys singing. Why is it just him? Sounds like something that AI would make <laughs> If I paid money for this on a record Like how much did a record <laughs> cost so back mad. then Like a, two weeks wages I think I would ask yeah. for my money back <laughs> <laughs> <So>. <laughs> That's the worst shit we've heard yet oh, this There's More too. George Gaskin How is this for sale Yeah I wish my daddy would buy me a Bow Wow People used to get so excited about puppy mills back then. Yeah. Ooh, here we go. Turkey in the Straw. Now, this is a classic. It's another funny bit is doing this as an adult. The Ice Cream Truck song. Yeah. I always think of this one with Elliot Smith. Turkey in the Straw. Instead of Needle in the Hay. That was the original version. Yep. The actual original version I think was racist. There's another set of lyrics about, you know, the the old plantation and stuff. More George Gaskin. It's just him and the US Marine Band all day. The Edison Male Quartet. Wow. There's quartet He's just, He's just like, like a tent. net noise music. This is just uh, some avant-garde shit, yeah. My Old Kentucky Home does have racist lyrics, but fortunately you can't hear it at all. (laughs) Yeah. They should team up with Merzbo for that one. Ooh, Tararabumdie. This is not from 1892. Yeah, this recording can't be. That's bullshit. That's a re-recording from, like, the 30s. Yeah. He fucked up. Can't trust him, I guess Oh, the laughing song Okay, well I'm glad it's not in the title Yeah, we're getting into some minstrel shit here Yeah, there's some pretty uh, racist things on that poster But the guy's taking it very well, it seems Uh Uh-oh, more of it The frog song at a certain point a grown man had a hit song with the frog song anything like that there was one point where some guy was like i'm gonna record mary had a little lamb as a 48 year old (laughs) man and get a hit with it because there are only two records out every musician was really operating at like an eight-year-old's level you know yeah did anyone ever do the alphabet song back then (laughs) <laughs> the Who's the first person to record themselves doing the Alphabet song? This is why even really boring classical music was by far the best thing at the time. We're like, this popular music fucking sucks, man. Yeah, you couldn't listen to classical music at the time. It had to be like three minutes because 78s were so small. Like If you were really yeah. rich and like really committed, you could buy a Beethoven symphony on probably eight discs front and back and you have to flip them over and it just kills it. The Old Folks at Home by Lynn Spencer. This is better than most of this shit. Yeah, Banjo records well on that technology. Very narrow frequency band they can pick up. Well, at least the artwork of this one doesn't have any racist caricatures on it. (laughs) Yeah. How much George Gaskin are we going to hear? Look at you, George.
1: I'm going to see if he's on Spotify.
0: He was born in Ireland. Yeah, you can tell by his voice. Dude, his shit has no traction on Spotify. He's got one song with 15k plays, and all the rest are like under a thousand. Oh boy, he's got some other songs that were all uh, C-words look alike to me. Uh-oh. Oh, b- mm. I'm glad they didn't put that in this. But fuck you, George, you're cancelled. Or Dan Quinn. Later. Dan Quinn. Can he beat nine? Sounds like shit. So, we talked Grandpa about it in the 30s and 40s whack. ones. Where what? It, we talked about it in the 30s and 40s ones where they spent so much money having the band there and you can barely hear it. But here it's like. I don't think you can yeah. pick out an individual instrument if you tried. Yeah, it's a mess. Like if you were trying to convince someone you, were, you played on that record. Yeah. Yeah, it was the trumpet on there. Like, what trumpet? I don't hear shit. All right, what's the number one song? After the Ball by George Gaskin. This is just made by some fucking George Gaskin partisan. This is not the best song of any decade, man. Well, I'm glad that... Probably the actual top-selling song of the decade is would get this uh, demonetized. Yeah, true. All right, let's move on to the 1900s. The Preacher and the Bear by Arthur Collins. There were so few guys back then. Who is Arthur Collins? Arthur Collins jailed for a despicable acid attack in London. Arthur wow, Collins, the cool. ex-boyfriend of reality TV star Fern McCann. Oh, my God. <laughs> You that it's crazy that he's even still alive. He specialized in what were then called C-word songs. <laughs> Oops. Every single guy back then. They're just I know. He made a yeah. best selling record waiting for the Robert E. Lee. <clears throat> That's the truth, is like the best selling music of this time is so outrageously racist that we're getting a yeah. very uh watered down sampling. <laughs> Ooh, here we go. And it was so bizarre, too. Like, the whole minstrel thing.
1: This is maybe the only song in this
0: era we actually do. Yeah, yeah, recording that as Take me man. out to the ball game, a cover of it. Someone should do, like, a doom metal cover of it. <laughs> yeah. Like, the whole minstrel thing is so bizarre. It was invented by people who were, like, basically not even in the South. Yeah Stephen Foster was from New York So many It was like It like there, There's a reason the Brian Wilson documentary Is called A Beautiful Dreamer Or the movie Because there's a comparison Being made That like He wasn't a surf guy And he never went surfing ah, But he like Yeah Wrote He sort of pandered To that As his mode of writing And that's sort of what Stephen Foster did On the old plantation Yeah that makes sense but that doesn't. Uh, I think surfing was better. Yeah, it is just wild. Like,
1: even when you actual, think about how, like,
0: that was when blues was forming. So the actual culture on like the sharecropper plantations—that's when like Robert Johnson was starting out. And yeah. Sunhouse and those guys. That's like the actual culture of the plantations in the Deep South. But they people only wanted to see it through the eyes of. A guy from New York imagining the most racist interpretation of it. Yeah, exactly. Like, no matter how much you think about how racist American culture was then, it's, like, even worse than you think of, like, those songs are so outrageous, man. Yeah, it's crazy. the The only thing that even really comes close is people saying Gypsy in songs prior to, like... Two years ago, yeah, like Fleetwood Mac and shit. That's one of the best Fleetwood Mac songs, but it it is a great song. But yeah, it is like can't really get mad at Stevie Nicks since she's eighty years old. Yeah, but it is kind of it's one of of those things of like it's a corny comparison to make even uh, to begin with. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things like just let it die, but also don't get too worked up about it. Yeah, eh, just let it stay in the past. But I'm not gonna lose any sleep over Fleetwood Mac. Yeah, we won't do it from now on. Oh, that's cool. Is that from Puccini or something? I don't know. But it was a picture of a guy in a Model T Ford. The yeah, first, the whip. The first car we've seen. But well, one of the songs we were talking over was about an Oldsmobile, so we've already got some consumerism oh, right. sneaking in. They really are old. Yeah. No news or what killed the dog. Is this just like a joke over a beat? It doesn't even is sound like stand-up? a beat. It sounds like pure static. Yeah. I don't hear music. I think this is a stand up bit. Or maybe it's a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the first podcast. The first podcast. Some guy bullshitting on a 78 70- He's making a for goofy for three and a half so. minutes. This is the second version of this song we've heard in here. I've got rings on my fingers by Blanche Rings. People loved writing about rings. Yeah, and diamonds, like we talked about in the other one. Must have been a De Beers plot. It was some sort of Don Draper thing. Toyland. Toyland. Kind of a mournful song to be about toys. I guess toys did suck back then. (laughs) This one has digital artifacting and all the shittiness of the recording. yeah like these got digitized when 128 kbps mp3 was the standard yeah like a geocities page and no one really wants to do it again like what happened with vhs where uh like even if you try to buy a vhs to uh digital thing now you basically have to run it in windows xp and it's like 360p yeah and it's from analog so it could be normal but just all the technology is so shitty and no one wants to really do it now. This is by Bill Murray (laughs) in 1904. Wow. He is pretty old. Dude, if I was a teenager in 1904, I think I just wouldn't like music. Or maybe I'd like church music, you know? Yeah, It's like the only place you can go every week to hear something that doesn't sound like dog shit. Yeah, maybe church music. Or like... Yeah, you'd have to hear classical, which was hard in America. Yeah, like, how there's not as many opportunities for it as the church. Like, it would have been cool if uh, it was easier to hear classical music in America before, like, the late 1800s. But you had to be basically rich and in New York City or somewhere where there was a symphony or you had to travel to Europe. Like, if you were in Germany, it was easier to just get into it naturally. Americans had to settle for this shit for a long time. I think I would have enlisted in the Civil War just to hear a snare drum. (laughs) Yeah. Ooh, I know this one only from The Simpsons. The Barbershop Quartet episode. Oh, there's a guy doing the Homer voice. I didn't know that was that old. Yeah, me neither. I guess I haven't really thought about exactly when in time barbershop quartets are. This one's another re-recorded one. This is way too nice. Yeah, it's in stereo. Give me a break. But this is the first black guy that we've seen where he's not like singing about rather than a caricature. (laughs) I love my master and stuff. So that's, that's a milestone. 1902. Sounds exactly like the last fucking barbershop song. They're such boring harmonies, that's the thing. You can do so much with four part harmonies that's interesting. This was like punk music at the time. They didn't know how to do better harmonies. They're just fucking out there putting passion into it. Yeah. It's just basic major triads and. Stop your tickling, Jock. What the fuck? Then you'll hear her shouting that will just stop your ticklin' joke. Stop your ticklin' joke. Make, Man, make me... Man, music sucks. So this was like original groundskeeper Willie, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Stop your ticklin' ticklin' I know it! Stop your ticklin' joke! <laughs> I can't tell if that's supposed to be racist or not. I think against Scottish people. This one's supposed to be racist right here. It was probably the first time a lot of people heard a Scottish accent, so they bought the record and they were like, this is so fucking funny. (laughs) Lame. Uncle John and the Insurance Company. It's just someone talking. Is this an ad? This isn't a song. It says top 30 greatest songs. If it said records, maybe spoken word stuff would be acceptable. Oh, here's a banger, though. I wonder if that got dropped on New Year's Day. That'd be a smart uh, PR campaign. Did they think about it, or they dropped it in July? I want to see this thing blow up on TikTok. I bet it could. It seems like the kind of thing that would happen on TikTok. Ooh, Yankee Doodle, Billy Murray, yet again. Oh, Billy Murray is known as the the Denver Nightingale. (laughs) This is still in the culture somehow. Simpsons, maybe. Yeah. It's no. I, I feel like this is in like Looney Tunes and shit too. This one's well known. Yeah. It's interesting how certain things from back then are. Uh, they live forever. Like, hello, yeah. my baby. Hello, my honey. Not because it's yeah. good, but just just because it was in a cartoon. Wait, wasn't this in here already? Probably. That happens all the time in these where it's just two different renditions of the same shit. I question this curation, but I'm not going to curate a 1900s playlist myself. No, I was uh, I was talking about it earlier before we started recording. But I went to an auction once with my aunt and uncle, and I was looking through the records they had, and they were all 78 records, and every single one was racist. Yeah, I was like, oh my goodness. So that's what curating this would be like. It would be like, well, okay, my Can't do Mammy, Plantation, Kentucky, Mississippi, can't do that, can't do that. Why didn't they have any songs about thongs back then? That's something everyone can enjoy. Yeah, or ankles, whatever was sexy then. Did you record this through a fucking telephone? It's like when rappers record a, a verse through the phone from prison. That's what this sounds like. Yeah. This guy was in Sing Sing. Yeah. (laughs) It just sounds like crap. And it probably sounded worse then because presumably that's the best capture they could get of it. Yeah. Like when they do a vinyl capture, they don't find the shittiest copy of it. There's another one that sounds like AI generated. (laughs) It sounds so bad, but... There's the one guy who's black, but so I'm gonna... He gets all the credit. Fisk University Jubilee Quartet. Yeah, is this like a bunch of white guys singing it or not? That's an HBCU. Oh, is it? Okay. So I'll give that a thumbs up. Yeah. That must have been a really shitty time okay, to be in the music industry. Okay, too, I guess. Sousa, yet again, he's number one. Just looking down the charts and it's just racial slurs. The whole thing. Yeah. This song is like a less good version of the, th- the Simpsons theme song. <laughs> These sound better in person. Oh yeah, they're definitely meant for that, you know? Yeah. You see the marching band, you hear it, it gets louder as it comes down the street. It's, uh, it is what it is. Alright, let's skip ahead to the 1910s. You would have had to have not heard anything ever to think that sounded good. Yeah. And most people probably hadn't, so. <laughs> I'm forever blowing bubbles. It's the prequel to Splish Splash Taking a Bath. It kind of just reminds me of like a kid blowing milk bubbles and being annoying. Yeah. I mean, I think this is better than most of what we heard so far. <laughs> Enrico Caruso. I like that on the artwork for this, it specifies, love is mine, song. <laughs> song. He's it an Italian operatic first lyric tenor, then dramatic tenor. He sang to great acclaim at the major opera houses of Europe and the Americas. He made 247 commercially released recordings, one of the m- first major singing talents to be commercially recorded. Yeah, I feel like we're starting to turn a corner here where it's more just like operatic vocal music rather than like racist music or Sousa marches. Yeah. Oh, this guy was in Pagliacci. That's cool. Poor And Butterfly. he was, uh, I think, born after the time where you would still be a castrati. Oh, man. So you wouldn't want that to happen. Oh, wait, what song is this? Poor Butterfly, I think it was called. I recognize it. Poor Butterfly is a great song. Ragging the baby to sleep. In the records that we inherited from my grandpa, uh, there was a song from, I think, 1954 that was some, like, barbershop quartet-style group, and it was really good. Huh. Uh... And it was at the same time that I was getting into Pinkerton, and it was a song that's also about Madame Butterfly. Uh, funny. I didn't know it was that old, though. It was back in the 1910s. I figured it was, like, from the 40s. These guys have some hubris to call themselves the American Quartet. Yeah, it's like American University. (laughs) Did anyone tell you guys you could make it that... just going between the root and the fifth. You can put as many voices on it as you want. Oh, this must be about World War One. Oh, yeah. See, that's what's going to make these songs more interesting. I was thinking about it the other month, about how in Vietnam it took until like 67, 68 before there was music that sounded cool uh, behind Vietnam. Yeah Like there were people going over there in 1963 And they were just listening to I Want to Hold Your Hand Because what else is there Yeah And in World War II it was even worse Because you had to listen to the Andrews sisters And that's not cool in a battle scene And in World yeah, War I, feel I, like, I uh, it was shit like that like Yeah You're you're listening to like minstrel music during World War I And it's like why the fuck am I listening to this yeah, like as cliche as All Along the Watchtower or Fortunate Son or those are, it fits war. That was the first time there was music about a war that, that like fits the vibe of it, and yeah. it didn't sound like you were like at the circus. To me while I tell you the Spaniard Who Blighted My Life by Al Jolson. <laughs> listen to me while I tell you the man who stole my future wife oh some latin lover stereotype stuff if anything we need more racist songs against the bad guys for world war one yeah i wonder if we get more german ones as it gets into it yeah in the 40s we only had that one anti-hitler song yeah there's the donald duck one and this shit sucks I guess this is good by comparison to some of the others. Hmm. I mean, it kind of sucks, but I think Robbie Robertson probably listened to this when he was writing Rockin' Chair off the band's self-titled album. Yeah. That's like one of the strands of American music that he's pulling from, so whatever. And that's a great song, even though it's like very corny. The prize song, Peg Oh My Heart. I don't even know what they mean by that, but. Oh, look at this. Ooh, the original Dixieland Jazz Band. Jazz, when it was S's. This is the first jazz we've heard, right? Yeah, it is. I think it's all white guys, but. Something. Jazz. It's jazz. The guy's last name is Shields. Maybe he's Kevin Shields' grandfather. Wow, he bankrupted the record company RCA Records (laughs) 1910 to record his his jazz opus, the Jizz Whalers. This sounds like the worst movie score ever. (laughs) So fucking. This is MIDI. Yeah. Wait a second. You're right. Yeah. No wonder it sounds so shitty. You can't just put that in there. Yeah. Peerless quartet, wow. I know there were only like 10 bands, but still, that's arrogant. Yep. Makes the American quartet seem humble by comparison. Yeah, because at least they're not uh, like globally peerless. Jerome Kern, that's a name. I was famous for some stuff. Smoke Gets in Your Eyes, Hero. That's right. I feel like I'm crashing here. We need, we need a banger to wake us up. No one would ever dare play a percussive instrument in this era. <laughs> yeah, it would blow out the shit. I wonder how bad it would actually sound. Yeah, no idea. Maybe someone on YouTube has tried to do that, like record an actual drum set into a Victrola thing. Oh honey, yeah. oh honey, yeah. honey, yeah. If you're far enough away and you get the room set up enough, it'll probably sound okay. Yeah. Irving Berlin. And this shit sucks too. Lame. That woman is kissing a dead fox that's wrapped around her neck. That's kind of cool. Rich people were pretty disgusting back then, as ever. Getting rich off child labor, and then you just you're covering you're you're covering yourself in cruel, deviled, dead animal shit. I hate that voice everybody used back then. Yeah, me too. It's like so, like, froggy. When each wave turns a-rollin' in We will duck or swim And we'll float and pool around the water Over and under and then up for air My drits, my don't know what to repair I love to be beside your side, beside the sea Boring. It'd be so lame to be like, A group of guys who sing this shit today. I'm sure that's out there, but. The upside is that it's really easy to break these records. Yeah. (laughs) So if you wanted to smash them, it's really easy. It's too bad no one really did anything that was offensive, or at least like offensive to the record buying public. Yeah, well, they are doing offensive That's shame. Time. like no at was the time, it was just offensive enough about it. Yeah, But like yeah. when John Lennon said the Beatles were bigger than Jesus, like if Chauncey Olcott had said that, this guy... Chauncey uh, <laughs> yeah, Olcott just, was bigger than Jesus. Like you just pick up all the records and drop them off a, a second story window and they'll shatter yeah, and then you in go, a very satisfying way. You go buy some way. minstrel records instead. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And Chauncey Olcott was bigger than Jesus, the fucking nerve of that guy. Guys doing medical cocaine and having it go to their heads and ruin their career. (laughs) (laughs) Having a thin white duke phase where you're doing cocaine from the pharmacy and it makes you not racist for a few years. Yeah. Maybe white guys aren't better than other people. Then you get off of it and it's like, oh my god. Yeah, what was I thinking? What was I doing? Over there. What? I feel like my grandma referenced this once. Wait, is this over there? I could swear that's a different. I know the hook of that song. That didn't seem like it. Oh, so did- oh this is over there. This is also mentioned in The Simpsons, and that's why I know it. Yeah. It's just like a pro-World War I propaganda song. Oh, this one talks about the Huns. I guess that's the closest thing to German racism we've seen so far. Yeah. Kind of a creative insult, I guess. Man, if I heard this song, I would have fucking enlisted right away. It was Kaiser Wilhelm who called them the Huns. He was just, he had the worst judgment. He just didn't know what he was doing. He invented the damn slur against his own people, trying to intimidate the Chinese during the Boxer Rebellion. I forgot about that, I just looked it up. Saying, like, when we were Attila the Hun, we killed all those people and we'll do it to you too. (laughs) And then people dug up the quote during World War I. Oh, here's some jazz. These guys are some goofballs, they're coming out of the piano. With their trombones and shit. They probably sounded better in the Bordello. This is number one right here. Some of These Days by Sophie Tucker. Sweet, hot, for a I've heard this in something. The the told the girlie he must Ella Fitzgerald, Bing Crosby. <laughs>
1: It's in Boardwalk Empire. I said, you know, I love oh, okay. I love you, honey.
0: Better not have used this recording of it. Don't go away. All right, let's move on to the 20s. Jim, right this is called Yes, We Have No Bananas. Fun, this is my favorite song. It says novelty song on it. <laughs> yeah, they were honest about it. They're up front. Yep, there's some of the best music of the decade there. There's kids music. Here we go, Louis Armstrong. Now we're actually moving forward a little. Oh, you know the story behind the banana song? Huh. Uh... He explained the origin of the song to Time Magazine. I am an American of Jewish ancestry with a wife and a young son. About a year ago, my little orchestra was playing at a Long Island hotel. To and from the hotel, I was wont to stop at a fruit stand owned by a Greek who began every sentence with yes. The jingle of his idiom haunted me and my friend Cohn. Finally, I wrote this verse and Cohn fitted it with a tune. So that's pretty funny. It's like a a second-generation immigrant making fun of a fresh-off-the-boat guy for talking funny. Yeah, Yeah, that's just classic America right there. Pretty good. Ah! Uh oh, it's one of the most racist things we've seen yet, because now there's video. (laughs) It's good that it's hard to hear what he's saying. Blackface didn't even look good on camera. For, like, the same reason that, like, the camera, like, the white balance settings are, like, biased toward white skin in the contrast and stuff. Like, it was, it just made the actors harder to see. Yeah. Just putting blackface on every actor for no reason when it had nothing to do with the song. Duke Ellington. Pretty early. Yeah. This is when he was just starting out. Kind of hard to hear, though. Toot, toot, tootsie. Goddamn, dude. <clears> hmm. <throat> Half of the most popular songs in this era Are fucking novelty songs See when I see Al Jolson singing and dancing and stuff Like You know how there used to be Like the concept that If your kid wanted to be an entertainer He was gay Yeah Like I think this might have been when that originated When they saw Al Jolson and he was a yeah. celebrity <laughs> And he was just like Prancing around and doing a whistle And singing a song called Heidi Heidi Ho Yeah and They're like this is what you want to be like Artwork for this is Betty Boop. I don't know if that's accurate yeah, or not. Was this in Betty Boop? It sounds like a no. good idea. I wanna be loved Fuck Betty Boop. Hello? I feel like it's stunning that we've never talked about Betty Boop in E1. <laughs> Fuck Betty Boop. She's awful. this woman's in front of I believe a cotton field more fucking Al Jolson old Al Jolson when did he die no idea because he looks bad here this has to be from a different era than that previous video though yeah this must be whoever made this I don't think they know how to check for stuff from that was yeah performances from 20 years later he died in 1950 Yeah, this performance is definitely a later decade than that other one we heard. Paul Whiteman, one of the first big jazz band guys. Had an unfortunate name. This is described as the sensational dance hit of Two Continents. Two Continents. You could probably say three. You could sell some copies in Brazil, maybe. A couple in Australia. It's one of the better vocal performances we've heard, even though it sounds like shit in the recording. This shit too, you could just call a song Singing the blues back then Yeah I know this one, I think I talked about it when uh, Robin was on
1: The jazz oh, okay. history
0: class I took So there was a CD that came with it Where a lot of these songs were on it Frankie Trumbauer Bix Beiderbeck Paul Whiteman All those kind of guys Fat Swaller. This is not from the 20s. He was around in the 20s, but I don't think this is from the 20s. Not this performance. Yeah, there's some dubious sourcing on, this, Very dubious. on all these videos. White light. Turn to the right. Gene Austin, My Blue Heaven. Maybe I'm related to him. He should be giving wow. me a cut of these royalties. Fats Domino did a version of this probably the version most people know. Less <laughs> Bessie Smith, Queen of the Blues. That's got some rock and roll particles in it. Yeah, I can see that. That's the first song with rock and roll particles. Yeah. And then we go back to this shit. The static is louder than the vocal. You know, when we were talking about like the 40s and 50s, it's like they put the vocal way up front. This shit, they put the static up front and then the vocal. Yeah. There's a way to get that off of there. Yeah, true. Oh, yeah, another uh, <sighs> not-great photo of Al they spelled Jolson spelled it wrong. Here. It says Al Johnson. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Who printed this compilation? It's an album cover of a compilation, Al Johnson, the anniversary song, 40 Best Tracks Remastered. Doesn't sound very remastered to me. Not a whole lot you can do. At that point, you might as well just have someone re-record it. Yeah, 100%. Ponto Bear must have been recorded on that big keyboard. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of Robin, Hogie Carmichael. That's a big name, and it's a great name. So I dream in vain. It's a delicious name. Yeah, making me hungry. There should be more people named after sandwiches. Yeah, in My any era. Joey Sandwich and His Heroes It's funny that we used to be listening to Hoagie and now we're listening to rap <laughs> Yeah T for Texas, Blue Yodel number 1 This has some rock and roll particles in it too Yeah, I was gonna say this is the type of bullshit that Bob Dylan still thinks is like the best music ever made Yeah Jimmy Rogers on the radio. That's uh, in Black Velvet about Elvis. Oh, my God. This song's called Making Whoopi. I remember seeing this on a CD track list. I think we did The Wizard of Oz, maybe, in sixth grade, and we had to learn our lines and stuff, and they played Somewhere Over the Rainbow off a CD of the 20 best show tunes or something like that, and one of them was called Make and Whoopi, and I remember me and this other kid were looking at it like, What? How can they put that on a CD? Do you know what that means? Yeah, this is salacious. It and feels more salacious kind of to me than Eminem or something. Like this was 40 years before people got offended by Let's Spend the Night Together. Yeah. And you were allowed to call a song, Making Whoopie? Pioneers. He's like the original Odd Future there. Pushing boundaries yeah. for no reason. This shit must have gone so hard in 1925 now it's just the most tinny shit I've ever heard in my life yeah if you were drunk on moonshine talking yeah. to a flapper <laughs> you heard this in person I'd be it be fucking awesome I'd be moving around like Al Jolson alcohol is banned but you can get cocaine and heroin at the pharmacy here we go. Rhapsody in blue. That's something that actually holds up. I don't know if this is from the twenties cause it's in color, but it is pretty old though. People must've been listening to a three minute cut of this. Yeah. I bet that like existed like a single version <laughs> is this above Rhapsody in Blue? <laughs> it doesn't go a, f- a forward in time. That's weird. If like, This is 1920 again, so it feels like the audio quality it, gets worse. Yeah, it should yeah. at least go it's, in chronological order if it's well, not... It's just some dumb guy's ranking of the top 30, but his taste seems to be very questionable. Yeah, it's a young guy, too. More fucking blackface Al Jolson. And- Like the way he moves and everything about yeah, it up. I so hate fucked this fucking up. guy dude <laughs> Like even if blackface wasn't racist This just Yeah everything about uh, him Everything is just, about this just sucks Deeply deep. unlikable the birds are singing it is the It's like when Macklemore went on stage In that Jewish costume <laughs> Like why'd you have to do that Why couldn't you just sing the song Why'd like you have to put on a racist costume and then do the same song? It's just even worse, because like you're saying, even the way he moves his body just makes me hate him. Yeah, everything is so exaggerated and stagey, and even his facial movements, and I guess it's because it's the quality was so bad and people were far away or whatever, but it's just so like, you just want to punch him. All right, 1930s. When someone starts doing the, hello, my honey, hello, my baby, you just want like, someone to come by and hit him. Yeah. Yeah. Tumbling tumbleweeds. At least like when we did the 40s and 50s, there were like elements that were relatable. But this stuff is just like super alien to me. Like the only stuff that holds up is like Gershwin and jazz and stuff. Like all the just like vocal pop is so fucking shitty, man. Yeah, there are a few standards that are good, but there are better recordings of them where you can hear the instruments. Oh, here's the ink spots. This bridges it with the episode about the 40s. Yeah, we were looking on Spotify earlier. Actually, the Ink Spots and the Andrews Sisters are, like, very... They have a ton of, like, tens of millions of listens. People are still listening to them. Yeah, I wonder what the age demographic is. Yeah, There's just something about modernity, like, post-World War II. That, like, pre-World War II vocal pop is just... So much likely so much less likely to resonate, you know. Yeah, it just sounds so strange. Duke Ellington. I don't think this is from nineteen thirty. There's also the question of when it was recorded versus when it was written and stuff. I have no idea what criteria they're using. Yeah, that one I think is like a 50s recording of the song written in the 30s. Yeah, the sound quality was a lot better than Sometimes the quality just jumps up so high. Yeah. I guess this is like early country. Benny Goodman it's pretty good sometimes I'll put this stuff on in the background if you're in the right mood for it yeah it goes with what I'm kind of saying of like instrumental music from this era just holds up so much better than the vocal yeah the way people sang was just so bad and you can barely even hear the melody yeah There's Fred Astaire here Oh the way we dance Oh he's so light on his feet <laughs> The way you changed my life No no they can't take that away from me no Sweet Leila Being Crosby mm, This is racist too I think native Hawaiians got a white guy being rocked in a hammock by a bunch bunch of of children (laughs) oh lord well i guess this exact same thing happened in game of thrones like two years ago (laughs) so we can't really judge their time louis armstrong he looks so young but he always sounded like this yeah Yeah, I don't know. I've always preferred him as a trumpet player and a composer. Brother, can you spare a dime? Another thing referenced by The Simpsons. <laughs> My road made it run. it's my own fault that the Simpsons is my only window into early 20th century culture? <laughs> it's the only way people know about this stuff, really. Yeah, why the fuck else would I know this? And a lot of other mid-century middle brow sort of references, like Rogers and Hammerstein and that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like there's no way I would know what the HMS Pinafore is without the Simpsons. And there's no reason yeah, you could call. I should. It's not like someone's gonna ask me a question about it someday. The Simpsons deserves like genuine credit for that. Uh, there's not really any cultural touchstone right now that's as good at drawing from the last hundred years of pop culture in a way that's like unpretentious and fun, you know? Yeah. Can you spare a dime? This is a different fucking version of that same song. Yeah. I guess this was a banger during the Depression. Yeah. Everyone was busy buying this. Yeah, when you- when you wish someone could spare a dime. People would go to the food line, get their food for free, and then they would spend the money they saved on this record. Yeah. big scam. (laughs) Yeah, it's so un-American that we fed poor people then. This guy should have played at Bill Clinton's inaugural. This is another one, Coleman Hawkins. This is later. This has got to be later. This is too bop. Yeah, that's a, this is a that's a 1939 standard being recorded much later. Yeah, it's really like. A song like this, if it had drums on it, it would be so much better. (laughs) Yeah, they were so afraid to hit the drums. Here we go, though. This one actually has rhythm. The goat. Oh gee, I wish that little girl Pretty good. I could Southern trees Oh, here we go. This is a genuinely great song. Another goat Blood on the leaves And blood at the root. This is like ten levels above everything else we've heard today. <laughs> Yeah, they weren't ready for this. In the Southern Breeze Putting on the Ritz. Great song. I love when you just have like 700 people dancing on stage like that. Yeah, how do you not have a stage collapse? It looks so uncoordinated too. The biggest bands. The guy had the biggest bands. They called them count because you have to count all his musicians. (laughs) That's right. Wasn't yeah. this the FDR theme or something? I don't know. I feel like they played this at the election or something. That's another episode we should do is like a old campaign songs like, Ike for president, Ike for president. Yeah. yeah. Tippy Canoe and Tyler too. We should do that soon. Now that we're listening to just old shitty music. I've tried to explain a is <laughs> shame kiss me and say you understand interesting mid uh, mid-world war German song huh oh here we go we were talking about sing 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 uh, when we watched the 40s one. Yeah, nineteen thirty seven. It It shows a horrible clip of that. They didn't didn't they play the riff? Riff. Oh, he's so light on his feet. When we're all together dancing, cheek to cheek. This guy sucks too. Fuck Fred Astaire. I don't know why people were like back then. There's this weird thing going on where you had a guy like him who was like so light on his feet and he would prance around and stuff. He had such a delicate little step. But then it, like, he seems less cloying than Al Jolson, but. Fred Astaire did they even bang each other in real life this song's also about cheeks come on dude his last song was about being cheek to cheek all these songs are about butt cheeks oh come on we need more corny America bullshit at the very top of this list They didn't even bang each other. Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers. He died in 1987. That's fucked up. Jeez, wow. She died in 1995. Wow. must be weird to see that in the back half of your life like the type of stuff that yeah. you did is completely outmoded it's seen as corny outdated the only yeah, time everyone's listening to the stuff, cure and you're fred astaire so i'm sure he made some like bit parts in movies wonder what he did in the 80s yeah, i'm sure he was rich as fuck but it's like just culture itself has made you beyond irrelevant yeah <laughs> like he doesn't have the staying power of like a sinatra or something you know He made a guest appearance on Battlestar Galactica. (laughs) So that's what he was doing in the last decade of his life. I guess that's not too bad. That's pretty cool. But at that point, you're basically a novelty. Yeah, no question. Like, I don't know who the equivalent would be now. Like, uh, Henderson's Snoop Dogg. Snoop Snoop Dogg's getting to that point. Yeah, Snoop Dogg's 87. Oh, this is a great one. All-time banger. Glenn Miller. All right, what's going to be number one? This song can make me think for just a few seconds, like maybe stuff was actually better in the 40s or
1: the (laughs) 30s,
0: I guess, the late 30s. Yeah, there's like out of every song we've heard today, there's only a couple of those. Okay, this is fair to put it at number one because it actually has like cultural staying power. Way yeah, probably the most well-known song of the 30s. Yeah, this is like the only justifiable number one we've heard in all five of these lists. That I heard of once in a the Wizard of Oz kind of sucks. Yeah, It's incredibly well shot and produced for 1939. But it just—the book makes no sense. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's one of those things that's only contextually good. Of, it's good for its time, and you see how it has a place in history. But it's not like you know. Like I'm just looking ever. at those black and white shots of the uh, in Kansas, and I just wish there was something like—I don't know—they made a Grapes of Wrath type thing with it. Yeah. And they didn't go into the Dreamland because it's—it looks so good. Well, yeah, this is definitely a lot less fruitful than the 40s and 50s episode, but I think it was fun. There's definitely a progression here, but it's much slower. That was like a half a century of music. And the first 30 years were pretty identical. And then the 20s and 30s are where it sort of evolves, but mostly because of the instrumental music, like we were saying, like a lot of the vocal music just kind of sucked. Yeah, you see little snippets of it again. Same thing with the 40s and 50s, where like these uh, seminal figures... Show up once or twice in the decade, like Jimmy Rogers or uh, Duke Ellington. And then you see overrepresented, like Dan Quinn,
1: the original (laughs) Dan
0: Quinn, or someone like that. The US Marine Band or whatever. They just didn't have anything back then. Like, who is not on the charts now or has like one hit that's going to be remembered as like the Duke Ellington of our time? And I think it's Nate Roos. Yep, that's right. You know, maybe the only song he would have is We Are Young in the best of the 2010s. But I think 100 years from now, he's going to be remembered like Louis Armstrong. Yep. And then finally, people will discover how good the E1 Boy Band song was. And that's going to be included in a list of the best of the 2020s. And we'll all be dead. And that'll be our only legacy. And that's okay. I would include it in my personal top 10 list. That's in it so far. Yeah, it's number one, actually. (laughs) Oh, wow. In mine? I didn't even know <laughs> yeah, that. In yours, yeah. Oh, wow. That's awesome. Alright, well, until next time. Now we have got through all the shittiest decades, so... hopefully R.I.P. Glenn Miller. out of that. It's yeah. too bad he died in a plane crash in World War II and he wasn't even being shot down or anything.
1: R.I.P. Al the Jolson. Damn plane. R.I.P. Al bad. Jolson.
0: I, it's too bad I went back in time and killed him. They crashed into Al Jolson because he was covered in blackface head to toe in the middle of the night. Yeah, they didn't. And see they said him, if he hadn't been racist, he would still be alive. Yeah. <laughs>